Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Save Your Sanity Podcast. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Are you living with the chaos, confusion, and uncertainty that a toxic person loves to create? Is a partner, parent, ex, sibling, child, or coworker causing you to second guess yourself? That can be crazy making. I'm here to help you save your sanity. So let's get down to it and figure some things out now. Stay tuned. Hello, and welcome to Save Your Sanity. I'm Dr. Roberta Shaler. Tonight, we're going to be talking about something that you may be experiencing on a daily basis. If you had a hijackal parent, a narcissistic parent, you would have experienced it from the moment you were born. And that is the endless, exhausting competitiveness of hijackals. And tonight, I want to talk about that, to shed some light on why they do it, what they do, how it shows up. And then I want to give you 10 ways to disengage because that's the first step. You don't want to jump into that competition. You know it's a competition you can't win. And no collaborative relationship has an element that strong of competition. So we want to be really clear about that. And I'm really happy that you're here. If you just found the podcast for the first time, I'm delighted that you did. And if you're a returning listener, I'm so glad you found value and you decided to come back. If at any time you would like to support the podcast, you can do that by going to um, patreon.com slash save your sanity patreon.com slash save your sanity and that helps defray the costs of all the things that we do here to bring this to you so tonight this very important thing and you know hijackals must win i did i have a whole home study program called seeing the cycles and it contains the 10 hallmarks of hijackals the ways that you can recognize them and number one is hijackals must win. So therefore, we know that they are always in competition because if they have to win, they must see everything as something that is winnable or losable. And they are definitely not going to be losers. That's the worst thing that could ever happen to them. And so we're going to be talking about this need they have to win in all situations, in all circumstances, and how it shows up. Some of the things that words we could use to describe hijackals, mean, jealous, competitive, controlling, demanding, manipulating, demeaning, discounting, dismissive. Uh, Oh, the list goes on because they have to find a way to suppress you, to depress you, to keep you down so that they can stay up. And that's the meaning of winning, right? So they're always on the top of the pile. Even when you could care less if there is a pile, you are not the least bit interested in the competition. You probably never were. And yet they have set it up and set it up and set it up so many times that now you feel like you can never win, which you can't. Um, 
if you stay in the conversation, you just simply can't win. So this is very important to notice. And there is no winning and losing in a healthy relationship. We have to really get that in here. There is not winning and losing in a healthy relationship. A little later on, I'm going to talk to you about those three must-haves to have a healthy adult relationship from episode 115 and how they cannot be present in a relationship with a hijackal because the hijackal has to win. So here we have all these things, mean, jealous, competitive, controlling, demanding, manipulating, demeaning. Do they have meaning to you? Are these things that you've seen in a relationship with a parent or a partner or a sibling? Or maybe now you see it in an adult child and you're going, where did that come from? Well, you can pretty much lay that at the feet of a hijackal partner. So these are important things because they're mean. Hijackals are mean. Hijackals perpetuate the competition and you know they want to give you the impression if they don't downright outright say I'm better than you, I'm smarter than you, I'm wiser than you, I'm more righteous than you, I'm more deserving than you, I am more important than you, I am more entitled than you, and you should see that and you should treat me accordingly. So then it is just competition on, right? Oh, that's exhausting. It is just exhausting to always have someone who is trying to one-up you. And even when you are not even doing anything competitive, because of who they are, and I'll talk about this, because of who they are, they see it as a competitive move. Even if you didn't move. So hijackals are now, don't put your compassion hats on too firmly here. I'm going to give you some background on hijackals. These, that's my term for these people that hijack relationships for their own purposes and relentlessly scavenge them for power, status, and control. I've said many times I created and trademarked the term hijackals because too many people are talking about people being narcissists. And that's a diagnosis that goes with narcissistic personality disorder. No, we just want to talk about traits, patterns, cycles, behaviors of people who are relentlessly difficult and toxic. So let's talk about hijackals and let's forget about that. There's too much talk, in my opinion, about narcissism and too little talk about what to do and what's really going on. Because we don't need a diagnosis. They're not going to come for a diagnosis. You probably aren't qualified to diagnose them. So let's just talk about them as hijackals. So a little inside scoop. They didn't have it easy when they were young. They're fragile on the inside, and it's caused them to create a titanium exterior emotionally. Okay, that's a lot to keep up with just to remember that they're fragile on the inside and titanium on the outside, and the outside is what you see all the time. And so they need to have their egos fed so that they don't starve the fragility that they have. And they want to stave off that fragility, and so they need their egos fed to keep the titanium in place. And hijackals fight off threats to their egos. They just fight them off. Even if that 
threat is perceived and was made up in their own minds, they will see threat when there isn't threat. And they need to prove that they're superior. And, and they're doing this all as an internal job. You know, you may not have said anything. You may not even look sideways. And they're already in competitive mode. Have you noticed that? This kind of like they wake up competitive. And it's very important to see these features because they're not reflective of your features. And yet the hijackome wants to engage you in their fight. So that's why we need the 10 tips to emotionally distance yourself. Yes, they were emotionally wounded in childhood, but you didn't break them and you can't fix them. Really understand that you didn't break them and you can't fix them. And in the case of almost all people with narcissistic tendencies, they don't see anything wrong with themselves that needs fixing either. So let's remove ourselves from the equation of thinking that we could love them enough, do enough for them, be patient enough, be quiet enough, be downgrading enough, be demeaning enough, be self-deprecating enough. No, to make them happy? No, because what's going on is going on internally to them. It may sometimes sound as though you're causing something. That's what they want it to sound like. But you're not. It's going on inside them. And you can't do anything about that. But you can do things about you. And that's what we're going to do in the second part of this podcast tonight. We're going to talk about the tips that you can have for disengaging. One thing they do want, though, is to break you. They want to break you because that's the ultimate power over you, isn't it? If they can get you to be really upset, really in tears, really enraged, if they can get you off your game and get you off balance, they're happy because they want to have that power over you. They want to demolish you, demean you, discount you. Um, it's so important because they need to abolish the threat that they perceive that you are or could potentially be. Now, I just think how exhausting that is to be around somebody who even just the sound of your breath can be threatening to them on a bad day. Just the fact you showed up or the fact you didn't show up because you can't get it right, can you? So again, I talk about this a lot in the Seeing the Cycles uh, program, and you can get that at the website for relationshiphelp.com. Everything is there for you, so just go and visit, join in the membership program if you'd like to do that. Join my support circles, that's the membership program, where we can talk together and uh, find answers to issues for you. So all of these things are important, and here's the dynamic. If they must win, then you must lose, correct? There isn't really anywhere to go with that. That's the way it is. So they have a strong belief no one will ever hurt me, and that means you. And if you even look sideways as though you might be a threat to me, I'm going to knock you down before you can do it. Now, that's what's going on emotionally. Sadly enough, sometimes that gets to be quite physically as well. Catch it long before it ever becomes physical. Please believe what you're seeing. 
before anything becomes physical. So when they feel threatened, even if they made up the threat in their own mind, when they feel threatened, they switch into predator mode. They're going to pounce. They are not going to have anybody in their kingdom. They are going to kill all intruders, all possible competition. And you've probably seen that. Everything seems to be fine. And then all of a sudden, out of nowhere, pounce. All of a sudden, they're angry. All of a sudden, they're blaming. All of a sudden, they're making up stories. Because they are always, always hypervigilant. They are always looking for the slight. They're always on guard that you're going to make them feel bad or you're not going to give them their due. You are not going to adore them and validate them and make them the center of attention as you should in their minds. No, you shouldn't, but that's what they think because they are unhealthy. They are simply unhealthy. And also, They subscribe to this notion of scarcity. They believe there's only so much love and praise and attention and adoration and validation to go around, and they need to get it. It couldn't possibly be that you could love your children and them as much because there is only so much love and they need it. And there's only so much attention and only so much adoration and only so much time and they should have it. They have no concept of abundance. They live from scarcity. And that's really important. You know, I don't know if you remember a clip, but I, I just bring this up because it was such a visual reminder. There was a clip on the news of President Trump being at a meeting in Europe with world leaders. And the clip is that he was a couple of paces behind two or three people. And he was in a pack of world leaders. And he wasn't happy about that. And he wasn't having it. So he grabbed somebody and pushed his way to the front. Then he adjusted his coat, set his chin, and then looked around, scanned the environment for threat and adoration. That's what hijackals do. That's what they do. And that was a very visual reminder. I have to be first. I must be first. And I will make sure that I am first. And then I will be in front of everything. And then I will get all of the attention because I live from this emotional scarcity. That if you're not adoring me, if there's someone in front of me, No, that's not going to happen. So hijackals fight the shadows. They do. They, They respond to even the infinite probability or possibility of a slight. And they see everything as a potential threat. Now, again, understand this, but don't take it on. You are not threatening them. You are not doing anything to them. This is all going on within them. And that's where the competition comes from. And that's why it's so important to understand. So they're so easily threatened. And no, they will not allow that. So they go out of proportion with their power grab. You know, why do they ruin celebrations? 
okay, you work really hard to finish a course or graduate from something or make a beautiful piece of art. You do something that other people celebrate. They can't stand it. They cannot stand. They can't even stand if it's your birthday and not theirs, because they must be at the front. They gotta push everybody out of the way, straighten their coat, set their jaw, and say, "Okay, I'm at the front of the pack again. I've reasserted myself." So that's why they ruin celebrations because it's not about them. And so there's this out of proportion power grab that they engage in. And so some little thing happens and they respond with some big thing, some big emotions, some diatribe of horrible words and, and shame and blame. And all of these things come out of their mouths and out of their being with their flashing eyes that turn to black and piercing. Have you seen that hijackle look? Like, how dare you? And they look at you almost through you with this very black look. It's really bad, but that's what you call the predator mode, or that's what I call it anyway. This quick to rage to stand their ground, and then they are there in predator mode. Do you know this is unhealthy and abnormal? It's unhealthy and abnormal. This is all going on within them. It's unhealthy and abnormal. And if you had a moment with a parent like this, it may seem uncomfortably comfortable to you because it seems familiar. So I hope tonight that we're creating some separation in your mind that what they're doing is not necessary to anything about who you are and what you're doing. This is going on within them. The fight is within them. Unfortunately, it pops out all the time, but the initial situation is within them and it demonstrates their empathy impairment because to have empathy you have to care about another human and to care about that other human would mean that they were at least on par with you and that's a pretty difficult thing to ask of a hijackal they always want to be at the top of the pile. So if by caring and demonstrating empathy and being interested in you, except in that love bombing acquisition stage when they pretend to really care, then you're going to have this problem with them. And they are entitled and they make up their reality in the moment. And I've said this before on other podcasts. In order to win, a hijackal will say black is white. And if 10 minutes later, in order to win, they have to say black is red, they will, with the same amount of conviction, the same amount of veracity, and with the same degree of rightness. And if you were bold enough to say to them, but a minute ago you said black is white, they're going to say you don't listen very well, do you? And it's going to boomerang back on you. And that's how they roll. And remember, it's abnormal and it's unhealthy. And no one else matters when they perceive a threat. No one else matters. They'll go from zero to a hundred in an instant and beyond out of proportion, totally out of proportion emotions. And that's, again, why you can count on them to ruin a celebration. 
Because if you succeeded by some unknown logic within them, they interpret that as if you succeeded, somehow they must have failed. And they're not having any of that. So you can see how deeply this underlying dysfunction runs and it has nothing to do with you. Can you get that? It has nothing to do with you. So here's the first tip. There's no logic required when you're dealing with a hijackal to be able to refute what it is they're saying that is illogical because they're not listening. They're not interested. They were triggered. They have gone into predator mode. And now you just have to be wrong. So don't come to them with logic. Don't bother. Save your breath. It is not going to work because they have already gone into predator mode and now they have to be right. And if they have to be right, then you have to be wrong. And that's going to be a never-ending battle with them because if they're not the center of attention, the world is wrong. They engage in something that I'm writing a book about right now, and I have a special name for it, but I'll tell you about it when the book is done. But what we generally call it is black or white and all or nothing thinking. They're not safe unless they're in these two extremes. So therefore, one minute you are the best thing that ever happened to them. They, You look at them sideways or they think you did, and all of a sudden they can't be in the relationship anymore and you're the scum of the earth. That's all or nothing black and white thinking. All in, all out, nowhere in between. But what you need to remember is tip number two. Remember, there are shades of gray. Okay, you can say, well, you know, I think we could find a middle ground. Or I don't feel that way. And you could choose something that is between that all and nothing. And you can do that within yourself. I always say practice these things within yourself before you speak them. You know, get comfortable with changing your own thought patterns, your own thoughts about yourself, your own sense of empowerment. Get comfortable with that by practicing internally. And then when you're ready, you can start saying things that are just quiet and neutral and factual to you. Like, well, many times people have disagreements. So they're saying either you love me or you hate me and you provide a shade of gray. Well, lots of people who love each other have disagreements. And you just say that quietly. You're not trying to refute them. You're not trying to make them wrong. But you remind them of the shades of gray. And that can help because they live with this scarcity that they deserve all the good, all the good. And therefore, If they deserve all the good, then you are the competition. And if it looks like for a moment that you you might get some, or even if it just looks that they can't get it, you become the target. So you should do without, or at least get way less than you. And so it's it are than them rather. So it's important to remember tip number three: it's nothing you are doing. This is an internal job with a hijackle. It's happening in their minds. It's happening instantly. It's not logic. 
It is what they have to do. They learned this at a very early age when the dysfunction began. They have this very fragile ego. They have to protect themselves. They turn into predator mode. And therefore, it's nothing you're doing. You didn't cause them to behave this way. It's what's going on within them. So it's important to recognize that, that they just can't stand anything that could possibly be recognized as criticism or even judgment. They just can't do it. And so what they blame you for is not something you're doing either. And that's tip number four. What they blame on you is about them. Now we call that projection and what it means is projection generally means in psychological terms that if I am really afraid something is true about me and I cannot bear that thought of owning that about me, I will project it onto you and say you feel that way. You do that. And how this shows up, people will tell you, hijackals will tell you, you must be cheating. You know, you can almost guarantee at that point that they are cheating because they're projecting it on you. So it's very important to know that what they blame on you is about them. Slowly start to disengage, disengage from the competition. Ah, okay, what they are blaming on me is a confession about them. Let me just observe that. Let me watch. Let me learn about this. I don't have to say anything. I can observe it. I can just watch. And that's very important to you because you don't want to get into a tit-for-tat situation. You don't want to get into an argument because, of course, it's going to accelerate to rage. And then they're going to do all kinds of things and say all kinds of things. And then maybe, blessedly enough, they may go into a silent treatment. At which point, please rejoice. That means you're going to have some respite from all of this. But if you've been badly damaged, the tendency is to go and plead with them to talk to you. And that's just what they want. So don't do it. There is no competition if you're not pleading. You're allowing them to be silent. That's what they've chosen. And if you don't plead with them to speak to you or throw you a crumb or two, there's no competition. So you have an edge there because with a hijackal, there is no give and take, no give and take. You are supposed to overgive and undertake and expect nothing. That's the way it is. You're supposed to give, 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 and never complain about that because they're entitled to have everything. So you start to understand the inner workings of this person. And you may be, going back to tip number one, you may be thinking there may be some logic in there. There isn't. I mean, you may understand it now because we've discussed it, but logic happening in their mind that you could have a logical, rational discussion about it, no, it's not going to happen. So they have this feeling. And so knowing that it's going to be all give on your part and all take on theirs except when they want something for a hot minute, it leads us to tip number five which is that it's not true and it's got nothing to do with you. When they are demanding that they don't get enough, you don't give them enough, you don't do enough for them, 
it can get to the absurd extremes. Now, I was talking with somebody the other day in a group, and they were new to the group and telling me that the hijackal, it was a woman who was speaking, and she was in a relationship with a man, and she said, he doesn't work, he won't do housework, he demands so much, I am always wrong, I don't make enough money, I can't make him happy, it's my fault he's unhappy. All of this is going on. And as she said it, I could see her look on her face was, some, it doesn't sound good when I say this. Because she was beginning to see from the outside that as she described it, it was dysfunctional and unhealthy. And yet, it's something that sneaks up on you. You give a little, you give a little more, you give a little more. Pretty soon, you don't even realize you're doing all the giving, and they're doing all the getting. So, it's really important then to understand that they expect everything because they believe they deserve it. And it's not true, but it has nothing to do with you. So you don't try to have rational conversations about these things. That will never work. You've probably tried that already and it didn't work. So you know it won't work. So these things I'm discussing today are internal to you now. Understanding the internal workings of a hijackle and now what do we need to do to be internal to you. And that that's really important. So I want to go back now to episode 115, really, really important. The three must-haves of a healthy adult relationship. And those are equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. And what is really important to know about those is tip number six, that remember, they are incapable and unwilling to provide equality reciprocity, and mutuality. And those three things, in my opinion, are the absolute rock bottom foundation of a healthy adult relationship, any healthy adult relationship. But an absolute must have if you're going to live in the same house with this person. Equality, reciprocity, and mutuality, and they are incapable of it, and they are unwilling to participate in it. So no, basically, you've got a problem before you even start. So notice that. Am I asking something that I will never get? Well, if that's the case, stop asking for it. You know you will never get it. And make another plan. Step back. Look at this. You know, I work with people all the time, and you're happy. I'm happy to work with you, too. Just go to beaclient.com, and you can um, use my new client one-hour offer for only $97. We can talk about things, see what we can do together. Beaclient.com, because if these tips are making sense to you, it may take a while for that making sense to make it down into your heart and your behavior. And I can help you with that. So that's really important. So here we are looking at the fact that they are incapable and unwilling of participating in any meaningful way in equality, reciprocity, and mutuality. But then the next thing is all this talk about their need to compete and their hairline trigger for anything that feels like competition anything that could be taken as a slight against them, anything that could make them angry, 
And you have to remember to leave their projections where they belong, with them. When they project on you and say you have the problems they're afraid they have, know what that is. So many times in groups on Facebook and things that I'll participate in and, and read, I will see people saying, well, I left the hijackal. Of course, they say the narcissist. I left, I left the hijackal. And now I'm wondering, was it me? Was it me? And most people have that thought at least once. And that's exactly what the hijackal wants you to think because you get out of their domain and all of a sudden you're beginning to get some freedom in your thought, a little bit of space, and you start thinking, oh, did I do the right thing? Was it me? No. They put their projections on you. You need to allow them to remain with them. Whatever they are saying that is true of them, of you is true of them. And you need to leave those projections where they belong. Don't accept them. Just don't accept them. Now, this tip number eight may be obvious, but you need to refuse to compete. And I don't mean that you don't speak. I don't mean that you don't engage, but refuse to compete. One of the effective things in that situation is to just genuinely be able to say, you could be right. You may be on some planet far, far away. It could be true. But the fact is that you can respond without competing. It's not a life or death situation in most of, most of the cases where this competition comes up. And you don't want to exhaust yourself by being emotionally drained by getting into a conversation that is absolutely going to go nowhere good. So simply refuse to compete. I'm not saying refuse to speak. I'm saying refuse to compete. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. Maybe that'll be right. And it, it goes really well into number nine, which is pacify with gray rock responses. Now, this idea of going gray rock uh, was an idea that was put forth in 2014. I think it's really great. It's just if you have to be with a hijackal, of course, they were talking about narcissists, but if you have to be with one or you're in the presence of one, be about as interesting as a gray rock on the side of the road. So gray rock responses are, hmm, could be, never thought of it that way. Let me think about that. Hmm, interesting. Noncommittal proves that you're there and present and you're listening, but does not incite any problems and does not engage or escalate any competition. And that's an important thing to do to be able to just pacify, to, you know, not not do anything that pushes the temperature up in the relationship, that moves that competitive nature forward. So very important. And then what's important? Is living this okay? Is it all right to live this way? Is it all right with me to live this way? After you've thought about all these things, ask yourself that question. Is this okay? Is this what I wanted for myself? Is this what I want my children to see? Is this what I want my children to experience? And then make some personal decisions based on new clarity or some perspective. You know, maybe during this podcast, you realized, wow, all those things are there. That really is what's happening. But when I'm in it, I feel so badly. 
or I feel like I should do something, or I feel responsible, and my feelings take over, and I don't realize these things are true. So you may want to listen to this episode a few times so that you can just remind yourself or come back to it when you've had a blowout or when they are behaving irrationally. Come back and remind yourself. Because you do need to make some personal decisions. You're not going to change a hijackle. People ask me that all the time. Can a hijackle change? And I say, and I've said it on another podcast episode, it's like that old joke. How many psychotherapists does it take to change a light bulb? Only one. But the light bulb has to really, really want to change. Hijackles don't want to change. And that's really important to know. Now, every now and again, yes, somebody will say to me, you know, I think I have some narcissistic tendencies. Can I look at those? Will we look at those together? Absolutely, yes. Because we can have some, if we've been around narcissistic people very long, we get what we call narcissistic fleas. (laughs) We start behaving like them. And if we have some of those tendencies, maybe we had a a hijackal parent, uh, maybe we've picked some up from some hijackal we know, and we can make a change. But it's really important for you to understand that either way, you need to take some action. And it's important. It's important to empower yourself with information, listen to other episodes, go to my YouTube channel for relationship help, watch videos, subscribe to the YouTube channel, subscribe to the podcast wherever you like to get podcasts. And if you don't have a place where you particularly like to get them, you can always go to SaveYourSanityPodcast.com and listen to them there. So much available for you. You can go over to the website and you can find the relationship checklists are there for you. They're all free. You might enjoy the one, uh, am I in a toxic relationship with a hijackal? That might help you uh, make some decisions and have some aha moments. All of those things are there for you. Remember, you can always find me at forrelationshiphelp.com. So I hope This helped you understand what's going on. It gave you some perspective on the patterns that are happening and that it encouraged you to be empowered to say, hmm, if that's what's going on, let me look at it differently. And do I really want to continue in this relationship? What am I doing? What are my next steps? What am I thinking? So until we speak again, Take very good care of yourself because you matter and we'll talk soon. Thank you for joining me on the Save Your Sanity podcast today. I hope you've had some new insights, some ideas and strategies to help you gain clarity and confidence for moving forward toward greater emotional health and safety. You deserve that and so do your children. If you found value here and would like to support this podcast with a dollar or five each month, please do so at patreon.com slash saveyoursanity. Learn more about how to work with me via video conference, join my optimized circles, or subscribe to this podcast on my YouTube channel at my website, transformingrelationship.com. Talk soon.